Hey everyone, this is Triple Play Fantasy, the Beyond the Analyst interview series. I'm your host, Zach, at FF Chupa Batman. I am joined today by the wonderful Emily Taylor. I apologize if you're watching on YouTube. We're having some technical difficulties with Emily's camera, so you'll be able to hear her just fine. Uh, you'll just get to see her wonderful picture throughout the interview. So Emily um, is a college educator. She's a content creator and a massive Oregon Ducks fan. So I'm very excited to have her on. So how are you doing today, Emily? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's a, been a fun day. Uh, just getting back from picking up my my oldest from school. So always fun. Uh, <laughs> the car rider line. Uh, <laughs> but uh, normally we are talking with fantasy football analysts. That's why it's beyond the analyst. Um, so if you guys have missed out on any of the previous interviews, this is season two. So back in season one, I did 30 interviews. Make sure you check the playlist on Triple Play Fantasy's YouTube. Um, and now this is episode eight of the series for season two. Um, so we've already talked to a handful of great analysts as well. But the whole point of the show is to go behind, beyond the analyst to get to know um, our content creators a little better. So Emily loves fantasy football. She's a huge sports enthusiast. And she does content creation a little differently than fantasy football. So I still thought she would be great to have on here for you all to get to know her and to promote her work and what she's doing in the space. So Emily, we'll just get right into it as how did you get into fantasy football? Yeah, so I've been playing playing fantasy football for several years now, and it originally started because I was just trying to find ways to, um, you know, kind of connect with family and friends more, especially those who loved football. And for a long time, I wasn't into fantasy football because I really didn't know a whole lot about it, Having even though I grew up watching football. But when I got into it, I became very addicted to the concept of it. And now it's just like my norm every season. And it's even branched out because now I do it with family, but then I have leagues with friends and leagues with even coworkers or past coworkers and colleagues. And so it's kind of turned into like this social component of my life that kind of bridges the gap between my social relationships and my love for football. That's great. Um, no, that's one of the awesome things about fantasy football is anybody can play it. Um, it's now, how into it you get is is up to you. Obviously, you got hooked, um, but it is it's a great way to connect. I mean, I'm in my home league. I've been going on eight plus years, maybe ten years now, and I'm playing with some friends from back home up in Maryland. I'm now down in Florida, so that's a good way for us to stay connected. Um, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great way for people to stay connected, which I think is like a great thing about Uh, it. Absolutely. And so uh, I mentioned that you are a college educator. So what inspired you to become an educator? Yeah, so I always had this... um, you know, this love for teaching, I just never knew exactly what that was going to look like. And it was really important for me to choose a career and choose a path in life where I had the ability to make a difference in the lives of others. And especially through the tail end of my high school experience and going into college, I had these amazing teachers and professors who truly made a difference in the way that I view education and kind of the skills I developed as well as how I developed as a person. And so when I got to college, I began exploring that a little more and realized that teaching and kind of being an educator, especially in higher ed, could give me that platform to make a positive difference in the lives of others, especially with students and people I would work with in the community. And that was being such an important part of um, what I wanted to do in my 
life, I figured that, you know, being a college educator would kind of segue into into that as well as further opportunities. Sure. And what do you teach in, in higher education? Yeah, so I teach communication studies and my foci are usually, well, my foci are interpersonal relationships, media studies, and with a little bit of sports communication. So um, generally I'm teaching a variety of different classes, but they're usually always rooted in either media or relationships. That's probably really interesting when the current climate with social media and how huge that is in a lot of different people's, even just their regular jobs, whether they're in a communications job or not. Absolutely. There is endless content. (laughs) There are constant things to talk about, constant things to kind of analyze and dig into. So it's really interesting and it's like constantly um, pretty stimulating and entertaining. That's great. And you mentioned there's some sports media component. Do you get a lot of athletes in your classes or, or not so much? I do actually. I'm consistently uh, dealing with athletes and kind of the athletic department in general because there's so much to navigate with that. And, um, you know, it's kind of just like a general interest of people is that like sports tie. Yeah, I figure because maybe if they do not pursue professional sports, because not everybody does, um, they might still want to stay within the sports realm. And sports media has been very popular. We've seen for a lot of our professional athletes. So that makes sense. They would want to study it in, in school. And so what are, we mentioned fantasy football obviously is one of your hobbies, but um, do you have any other hobbies um, when you're not obviously working, teaching um, and not playing fantasy football? Yeah. So when it's not football season, my hobbies actually branch out a lot more, obviously. Um, I really enjoy anything outside. So I like being active and kind of doing things outside, doing anything outside. I'm lucky enough to live in a state and a city that actually really fosters that love for the outdoors and to be active. So I do prefer that, but, um, you know, I also enjoy like writing and cooking and all of that, all that usual stuff. Unfortunately, I don't have like any unique hobbies, but I, (laughs) but I kind of just go with the flow. And then when it's football season, I'm usually honed in on like Saturdays, Sundays, Mondays, Thursdays, and even Fridays with college football. So that becomes my hobby for football season, even more so. John, I'm assuming the Oregon Ducks are your, your college team, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Yep, <laughs> they are. Do I do you love NFL college. team. You know what? Um, I was actually raised on the Bears, and so I kind of have a soft spot for Chicago. But I feel like as I've gotten older, it's kind of turned into what Ducks are on what teams, and I, you know, naturally root for them and want them to do well. So I definitely have taken on the role of being an, an enthusiast more, especially when it comes to professional sports. But college is definitely all the way for all the way Oregon. Sure. So with fantasy football, then are you d- trying to draft as many? Oregon Ducks players as you can, or uh, does that not happen as often now? No, I, you know, with fantasy football, because I, I am competitive, I definitely do what I have to do to, you know, build the best team and have the best strategy. So I just get lucky, especially in the later rounds, if I like get to pick up Ducks, but um, that's definitely not the priority going into draft day. Fair enough. Well, it probably is actually easier if you don't have like a strong connection with NFL team to just root for your fantasy teams and not have to worry about needing your fantasy player to beat to do well enough against your actual NFL team, but not too well that they lose all that fun stuff. So exactly. Yeah, it is. It is easier. Definitely. 
<laughs> and we talked about you being a content creator, but obviously not a content creator in the fantasy space uh, per se. So what kind of content creation do you do out there? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm essentially just like a freelance content creator. So I work with a bunch of different businesses and organizations to create the content that they put on their social media, on their websites, things they may talk about in their different media and marketing strategies. So I definitely come at it from a communication standpoint, especially given my background. So what can I create for different organizations and businesses that help them communicate the message they want to effectively and efficiently? No, that's really cool. And honestly, I think you could actually, if you wanted to get into the fantasy space, take that exact skill set and, and do that for a company within fantasy football to help them market and grow and all that, if that was of any I mean, interest to you at any time. Absolutely. <laughs> that absolutely <laughs> sounds interesting and something that I would probably love. I was supposed to float that out there. <laughs> <laughs> and I noticed um, on, on your social media, specifically your Twitter, um, you place an emphasis on on positivity, kindness, especially on social media. So I guess where, where does that come from? Like what, why is there such an emphasis for you on positivity and kindness? Yeah, absolutely. I think especially given our current social media climate, there's so much negativity and hostility on social media naturally. And especially if you're part of sports communicate or yeah, sports communities on social media, naturally there's going to be that tension because there's competitiveness. You know, people talk trash, people want to share their opinions, want to share their takes and their perspectives. And that's just like what comes naturally as a sports fan, but that's one component of social media, right? So if you're kind of on social media every day, you're probably seeing a lot of different posts from a lot of different interest groups and a lot of different, um, areas and industries and disciplines and everything. And naturally, there's just so much negativity on social media, whether it's intentional or not. And so the whole kindness positivity thing really began. I didn't necessarily expect people to respond to it every time I posted or respond to it at all. But I thought that if they even read it in their brains, they may think of something positive or something that made them smile. And maybe that would make them smile again. Or maybe that would bring them a happy moment, even if they didn't share it with me. So I kind of felt like it could be something that would be beneficial, even if, if that's on a small scale to someone who's just scrolling through their timeline or scrolling through their post and kind of seeing what's on there, that it would be that like, you know, snapshot of sunshine for even a few seconds of their day. And for some people, maybe they really need that. And so that idea kind of really drove me to kind of push this more and more. And now I get like responses, which are great because I love reading the responses, but I also think that like that acts as a way for people to experience again or kind of relive those moments of happiness throughout their day, which can be helpful and it can be nice to feel again after a long day. Maybe that was like our one snapshot of happiness in our day, or maybe we had a really great day and we want to share it. So it kind of just provides people with a space to share what they want to or feel what they want to, whether they make that public to me and everyone else, or whether that's just something that they keep to themselves. No, I think that's fantastic. So there's a lot of negativity, especially on social media. Um, so anytime we can add some more positivity to it, it's never a bad thing. Um, do, is that part of your classes as well? I would think within maybe the sp sports media side of dealing with that negativity. Is that is that in the curriculum, if you will? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So when I teach media classes, I usually touch on all different aspects of media, but our but social media and our mental health 
and well-being is something that I absolutely always touch on and talk about and teach and we discuss as a class. And so it's a collective understanding that, yeah, we get a lot of negativity from social media and that can really impact our well-being and our mental health. And especially in a day and age where social media is such the norm, right? Like if you don't have social media, like that's kind of unique and not usually like what we're used to anymore because everyone at least has one form of social media. So for some people, they're like pushed into it because they need it to communicate with people or they need it for their jobs. So when you kind of are forced to be on social media or you kind of have to deal with it and face it every single day, that negativity is absolutely going to affect you. So it's definitely something that we talk about, um, every semester. It's something that I, I mean, I bring it up in my interpersonal relationship classes because media, again, can affect our relationships, how we make them, how we maintain them and whatnot. So it's something I'm consistently talking about. And just like hearing the stories and the perspectives of my student kind of reiterate the fact of like, yeah, it, it even if it's really tiny and even if I only make one person think about their what made them smile or what brought them joy today, like that could still, that's still better than none. And that's still better than, you know, spreading negativity or doing nothing about the negativity. No, but, uh, like I said, it's a great message for, for you to share and, and teach and talk about because it, it doesn't affect so many people. Like you said, even multiple generations um, are dealing with it. So I, I appreciate you, you sharing that. Um, that was the last of, we'll call it the uh, serious questions. I do have some rapid fire questions if you're game. Yeah, I'm game. All right. Rapid fire questions. All right. So you can, this can be a one word answer for you, or you can add as much context as you want. Um, however you feel like you need to answer the question. So if you could okay. spend the day w with one character from Ted Lasso, who would it be? Okay, so let me preface with the fact that I'm very late to the party and I just started watching Ted Lasso after several people telling me that I need to watch it. So I'm like on the tail end of season one. I'm already in love with it. I already love the show and most of the characters. But if I had to choose one, I would probably, it'd be between Beard and it would be between Ted Lasso. Like, you know, I love the energy of both of them for different reasons. I'd honestly be happy with either of them, but I think we could have fun just hanging out for the day. Even though you're only through season, almost season one, those are great choices. So especially if you're spending That's the good day. To like, know. Yeah. Roy Kent's my favorite character, but if I had to spend a day with somebody, it's probably Coach Beard. See, and I almost chose him, but I'm like, I don't know enough about that yet. I feel like I could make a better, you know, I could make a, a better decision with Beard or Lasso. But Roy's definitely one of my favorite characters so far. I just don't know enough about that character development yet to know if that's going to continue. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll learn a lot more in season two. Um, I just, I just, it, it feels like it'd be a really intense day because he's just a really intense I can person. See that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beard just that. seems really chill. Like you're going to have some great stories if you spend a day with Beard. Exactly. Right. I think so too. So I think that's a safe choice right there. Perfect. So I know you love dogs. So would you rather be able to read your dog's thoughts or have them be able to read yours? I would absolutely rather read his thoughts because on a daily basis, I think like, what are you thinking? What's going through your mind? How are you perceiving this and this? And I think it'd be so interesting to be able to just read his thoughts for a day to see how he thinks as a dog. Yeah, I feel like that was probably the easier way to go. But I was like, yeah, it could be interesting if like they could read your thoughts and be like, what are they thinking? <laughs> <laughs> right. They probably learn a lot more about us if dogs could read our thoughts. <laughs> like 
they would know what I would have already thinking, you know, just go do, go do what I'm thinking. It makes it easier. But, exactly. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I like it. So this might be the most controversial question, um, but we'll see. Who is your favorite Mario Kart character? Okay, so I actually get this question a lot. And surprisingly, I've never been been met with much debate on this. But I always grew up with Yoshi, so I've never changed that. I never got to a point where I'm like, I'm going to try a different character. But in terms of Mario in general and Mario Kart, it's absolutely Yoshi. And I'm super boring. I go with Yoshi all the time, but I also choose like the same vehicle or the same bike, I should say, with the same wheels and everything. So I do not like change or adapt to anything regarding that because it's always worked for me. Like I've always... <laughs> I've always done well. You know, I've tweeted about Mario Kart because it's just like this innocent thing that I like partake in. And it's super fun, but also really competitive, especially with the people I play with. And so I bet combinations work so well for me. Like why, why change it? <laughs> Absolutely. I, so I grew up with Mario Kart 64. I still have my N64, still works. So I love playing, like I, I love the classic. I know it's not the original, but, but I love the classic Mario Kart 64. The new ones are fun and all, but Give me, give me Mario Kart 64 any day of the week. Yoshi is my favorite to, to use, but it, he's very popular. So when you're playing with friends, usually someone always wants to be Yoshi. So then I like to switch over to Peach and just smash you with Peach and just kind of rub, rub yeah. your face in it. But. And I play with people like that. I play with people who switch up their character depending on who they're playing with. And I'm like, wow, I just can't get behind that strategy yet. Like I can't steer away from <laughs> to get behind the strategy of playing with who I need to based on who I'm playing with. Yeah, no, I mean, I prefer to just stay with Yoshi, like you said, all the time. But sometimes you gotta, you gotta compromise, and then I, then I just rather say I beat you with Peach. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and since uh, you're such a huge Oregon Ducks fan, which color is better, green or yellow? So I'm gonna have to go with green. So I prefer like darker colors. So I absolutely prefer their green compared to yellow. Obviously, I love the combination together. But even when it's like wear yellow day, like, you know, it's like game day, everyone needs to wear yellow. I'm like, Ooh, okay, I mean, I'll do it because it's game day. But I much prefer the black and even the white and even the green. Um, but green is my favorite color in general. Um, you know, so it's kind of just, uh, I'm always going to say green is better and they have a variety of different greens, but yeah, green, I have to go with green. I, I don't think I could ever back up yellow by itself. Fair enough. And who is your favorite university of Oregon alumnus? So this is a really challenging question for me. So if you break it down, if you go with athlete, I mean, you could break it down by sport and I would probably have an answer for every single one. But let's, if you went with athlete and you went with football, I have to say Marcus Marita, um, just because like that's who I, I mean, there's so many players that I could list and there's so many, we could go on and on. You could probably have this episode go for like 90 minutes on just talking about um, previous athletes. But if you didn't go the athlete, athletic route and we went just like, you know, University of Oregon alum, I would have to choose, it's between Ty Burrell and Phil Knight. So. I mean, th those are all great choices. So. Thank you. you can't go wrong with any of them now. <laughs> right. I mean, it's not one individual like you asked, but that's a damn near impossible question, Zach. So we have to branch it out a little bit. It's okay. They're just guidelines and they're not hard <laughs> pass rules. <laughs> we can stretch it and give a few answers. That's okay. Not a problem. Um, but see, you survived the rapid fire questions. You did fine. I don't think we, we had too much controversy. Um, I don't so. think so either. 
So, so it all worked out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on, taking the time to join me and let, letting us all get to know you a little bit better. Um, can you let everyone know where they can, can find you um, on social media and, and all your content? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on social media. Twitter is definitely the most active social media at Emily E. Taylor 23. And then on my profile, you'll find my Instagram, but that's also just Emily E. Taylor 23. So it's really easy and simple. But yeah, I've absolutely enjoyed talking to you, Zach. Thank you so much. This was such a delight. I appreciate you coming on. Uh, for those of you who are watching, again, make sure you like the video, subscribe to Triple Play Fantasy. Um, it's a great way to support the team. We're covering you with football, baseball, basketball, even talking movies and food. So a lot of stuff going on in the channel. And if you're listening on the podcast, make sure you have it set to download um, so that way you don't miss any episode every week as we're coming out all off season with these episodes. And we'll be getting into fantasy football content really soon in the off season. So thank you again, Emily. Um, and thank you again, everyone out there for listening. And we'll see you next week for the next episode. Thanks, Zach.